Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Yvonne Victor. She is a certified life and business coach. She's a founder of Yvonne Victor Life Coach and Life Design. She helps professional men and women design and live their absolute best life. And she's the published author of Unstuck, The First Five Steps for Living Your Best Life. Yvonne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so I'm excited. So excited about this. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Can you share <laughs> some of your story with us and how you started to get to where you are today? Oh my goodness, yes. I've had an incredible journey. Let me say that to be the uh, say the least. But as far as me getting to life coaching, it was a uh, part, I would say, divine intervention. And some of it was uh, just making some very well thought out decisions. And I had been working in corporate for like 30 plus years, worked for some phenomenal organizations, but I could tell that that part of my life was coming to an end. Uh, things started to get really like over the top uncomfortable at my last employer, like out of the blue, you know, and, and, and I had, um, I had gone through enough things in life, I guess, where I can kind of feel when it's like, oh, change is coming, you know, change is coming. And so I, you know, I just embrace it. I'm like, okay, you know, what's the next thing? And then like, you know, all these other little things started to happen just to kind of verify, yeah, something, something's going to be different. It's time for you to, to move on here. You know, my kids had, grown up. The last one had gone off to college. I was an empty nester. You know, I had a new marriage and it was time for me to consider my second act. Like, okay, you know, what's next? What else do you want to do? So I was kind of considering that and looking at something that best fit me. So I, I had the career I had before because, you know, I was a young girl. I had to, I had my son, you know, early in age and I was a single, single mom. And the, the position I chose was something that paid me well, you know, gave me benefits. So it wasn't what I wanted. It was what I needed, I, I suppose. And it was supposed to be short-term, but 30-something years later, that's what I did, right? It was, a, it was an administrative assistant, office manager, worked in all the various forms of, of corporate administration. And I knew I didn't want to continue that, you know? I knew I didn't want to continue that. And so I started looking at you know, what do I do best? What do I do naturally? What could I do for the next 20 years? Coaching had been kind of on the radar lately. You know, as you well know, it's, it's been around for 20, 30 years, right? But I think it's just coming to the forefront these last 10 to 15 years. So I knew what it was. You know, I'm a fan of a lot of, you know, top coaches just happen to, you know, find them. Tony Robbins, Brenda Bashar, just a lot of great people, Mel Robbins. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, Maybe I'll consider it. We'll see. Passing fancy. All of a sudden, I have a, a friend of mine who I used to work with. He was a younger grad student that worked with me. He calls me from the UK out of the blue. And he's like, hey, look, it's been on my mind. I'm supposed to tell you I've got a ticket for you to go see Tony Robbins in Newark. And I'm like, are you are you kidding? Like, what do you That's That's pretty expensive. Like, we don't know each other like that, right? Uh-huh. Nope, you're supposed to go. You're supposed to go. You're supposed to go. And I'm like, he said, all you need to do is get there and get a place. Tell my husband. And I'm like, I don't really know. I don't like traveling by myself too much anymore. And my husband's like, you got to go. This is so crazy. You've got to go. Just follow it. See where it goes. Okay. So I go there and, you know, I don't know if you've been uh, to any Tony Robbins events, but they are intense to say 
the lease. But the whole time I'm sitting there the first day, I'm not really thinking about what he's saying. I mean, I already follow him. I believe in a lot of things he believes in, you know, and, and, and follow a lot of things that he does. I do too. In my own life, I was sitting there uh, in the Newark Convention Center with, you know, 14,000 plus of my personal close friends, right? And, um, yeah, and right? I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my God, it was insane. And I'm looking at the stage the whole time and all I could think of was, I can do that. Like, I can do that. Like, I could, if he called me from this seat in the rafters and said, come down here, I want you to speak on this to this audience, I would feel perfectly comfortable doing it. And I know the information to teach it. It's like, hmm. go through the whole thing, go back home, other events happened. And I, you know, just thought it out. And I was like, you know, basically I've always coached. I've always been that girl. I've always been that, that girl in the group, you know, where people would come to me with, with problems or things that they wanted to do, or just, you know, just kind of get my feedback on things. And so it's very, it's a very natural thing to me. I'm very analytical and, and, you know, a strategist and a negotiator and all those things fit together. And I said, I could do this. I could do this, you know, pair with my own life experience. I could do this. And so long story short, I uh, went to school to become a certified um, life and business coach and with the help of my husband and children, finally kicked off my own business and have been doing that now for almost, almost three years. We're almost going on three years. Wow. So in walking through your journey, what are you grateful for now? Oh my gosh. I'm grateful for everything. Hindsight. <laughs> I'm grateful for everything. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't feel that way when you're in the middle of some, some things, you know? Yeah. The, the good, the good and the bad, you know, you get, you get older and hopefully wiser and realize that, you know, the good things help to propel you to a certain place, but sometimes the not good things help to prepare you for a certain place, you know, in your life. And, and I think that's very much my life. And so I'm grateful for all the good and all the bad because I'm really loving who I am and I'm really loving my life right now. And so, and I don't, I don't think that I would be this person you know, without all those things going on. They they each play their role in my evolution. And so grateful for everything. So you talk about simple truths for living your best life. Can you share one or two of those with us and why they're important? I'll share, I'll share a couple with you that I, that I've been thinking about lately. I think one of the truth is that you're everything that you need to be whatever it is you want to be, have whatever it is you want to have and do whatever it is you want to do. I think that we sell ourselves short far too much. We think that success is over there, money's over there, love's over there, you know, uh, um, having a beautiful, peaceful life. I mean, that was a big thing for me, you know, um, is that that happens to other people that I I can't do that, you know. I don't have the tools. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I mean, we come up with just like a plethora of, 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 of excuses that, that kind of put us in this place where, you know, I, I don't have what it takes to create that kind of life. You know, that's just what I watch on television, YouTube, you know, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just sit here and dream, but I'm like, you know, au contraire, you do. You have absolutely everything it takes to do it. And so that, that's one truth I want. I really want people uh, to know. Here's a, here's a second truth I really think people really need to understand is really you're the only person stopping you from having whatever it is, whatever that thing is. 
Yeah. It's, it's nobody else. <laughs> it's this heavens haven't come crashing down on you. It's really you. And so I always tell people, I say, when your life is going really well, it's very easy to take credit for it, right? And go, yep, it was really me. I was making those great decisions. I was doing those great things. But when your life is not going as well as you'd like it to go, it's very easy to get into the victim role. And go, well, it's because of her. Well, it's how I was raised. And I didn't have the right parents. And I didn't, you know, have a silver spoon in my mouth. But whatever it is, you know, but not to accept the truth that you're in control. You've always been in control, you know, you've always been in control and you're in control right now. And so if, if the, if the boat isn't going anywhere, it's on you, you're the captain, you're the captain. I think there's something very freeing when you can accept that because I mean, not only do you have to accept, yeah, I'm the captain and I crashed the boat into the rocks, right? But then there's the other part of it that says, I'm the captain and I could back this sucker up and take it across this beautiful ocean if I so choose. And then you go, okay, well, okay, I'll take the second half of that, you know. What are some of the dangerous myths that hold us back? That having what you want, being who you want to be, or, you know, whatever, whatever that thing is, again, we'll talk about that, is going to cost an insurmountable amount of money. Most of the times it's just you making a couple of real strategic, good decisions that that are free, (laughs) that are free. Decisions are free, you know? Um, One of the other things that really gets me is that this kind of innate belief that we all have, or however, whether it's innate or whether society has, has socialized us to believe this, is that for you to receive credit almost for accomplishing something, you have to have done it by yourself. You know, there's got to be this struggle. You've got to say in the end, nobody helped me. I didn't have any help. I did it by myself. Poppycock. You know, (laughs) you don't have to do things by yourself. Like, what are you doing? Like, for me, the win is important. You know, whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish, that's the important thing for me. So now if I have to go get a loan to buy a home because I don't happen to have thousands and thousands and thousands of, you know, dollars laying around, that's help. If I need a tutor to get through the class, that's help. You know, (laughs) there's multitudes of ways that we get help that we don't think about, right? Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lose this weight. And they're like, okay, well, I've got a great weight loss coach. You should check them out. Or, you know, I'm going to, I can do it by myself. I don't need help man, what's, what's wrong if you have help? Then <laughs> in, right. In the end, nobody gets a prize for saying you did it alone. You know, doing it alone is just struggle. It's time consuming. You're going to waste a lot of money. You don't have to. Enlist help, bring help on, you know. So that's another, that's another myth that uh, people seem to believe in. I like that. I've talked to a lot of people about starting their business or whatever it may be. And I always say SBA.gov, you know, they have office space, conference space, networking, uh, free downloads for you to get all the stuff going, your business plan, everything and free coaching. Yes. And and, and, you know, and it's funny because I actually saw like a, a video where someone 
was it was a TV show and a guy, a millionaire was going to start this new business from $100 and he went into the SBA and I saw all the comments are like, oh yeah, like if that's free, people didn't realize it was free. Like, yes, it is free. Like you could go down there and get them. They'll do research for you. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you if your, your idea is great. And it, it, it's so that thought mindset, I'm glad you brought that up because we, we really do get in that mindset. Oh, I got to know it all. Yep. I I have to know everything. I have to learn everything. And you don't have to learn everything. There's people that know it. So you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. Your help. Yeah. Right. It's like, know what you know and know what you don't know. And then what you don't know, you go find someone who knows it to partner with you in the journey to help you out. Yeah. You do not know have to have to know everything. I don't want to know everything. I don't right. want to know everything. I mean, your forte is marketing, you know, and that's conversations you and I have had. I know enough about marketing to know that I don't know what I need to know. I need to go find someone who that is their profession. That is what they do. They have far more knowledge and far more talents to do that thing for me. And I can partner with them and get it done. Now, you know, how many years you know, in that capacity of your life, did it take you to become that, that accomplished? I don't have that time. I don't have that time, nor, nor do I have that desire, you know? Yeah. And it's okay. People need to know it's okay. Stop this lone wolf behavior. It's okay. I mean, we're, we're made to, to work together and to be collaborative and, you know, to exist in tribes. This whole, I can do it myself, you know, I'm like, oh, no, that's just a waste of time. I absolutely agree. So you mentioned accountability uh, and you mentioned that in your book. Why do you believe that's important to have accountability and and with making changes and who should that person be? So yes, accountability is very important for the mere fact that we tend to do what we have to, not what we want to. And so I always give this kind of just a little example of you decide you're going to lose weight, right? I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the gym, you know, three times a week, six o'clock in the morning before work and work out. Well, when you don't have an accountability partner, when the days get cold or you're tired and the bed feels really good, we will easily give ourselves an excuse and go, well, not this morning, not this morning. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. But when you have a gym partner who's waiting for you at the gym at six o'clock on those days, you're less likely to do that. You might think about it, but then you'll think, oh, but Amy's waiting for me there at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, she's going to be, so. let me get up and go. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of that simple, you know? Um, and, and, and two, you know, like, um, uh, you know, during those times when, well, let me put it this way. I want to, I want to bring a little bit of science into it. I'm kind of a science nerd girl. So our mind, our brain is made to to conserve energy. The only job is to keep us alive, right? And it keeps us alive by conserving energy. And that means it's consuming less calories. So this will, this will help in a lot of different areas. So one of the, so it's not going to say, yeah, let's go to the gym and expend these calories. The brain is very primitive. It's thinking, you know, we need these in case, in case the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes to get us today, right? That's just how it's thinking. Um, it, it doesn't want you to do anything basically, but eat and rest. <laughs> you know, that's it. That, those are the best ways it can, you know, conserve energy. And so 
you've got to kind of have ways to hack an accountability partner helps you to, to hack using those two theories, knowing what your mind is doing, knowing that you're, you know, you're more apt to do things for other people than you will yourself. You know, you have someone holding your feet to the fire saying, Hey, well, you said, you know, you said that, 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 that one little phrase helps my clients greatly. Well, you said you were going to <laughs> you know, yeah. X, Y, and yeah. Z, you know, and then they're like, you know, I did say that I did. Okay. Okay. And even if they haven't done what I've asked them to do, they immediately do it. They immediately check themselves and take care of it. And that's kind of what a, 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 an accountability partner does. They kind of hold the space for you up here sometimes until you can get there. They're constantly reminding you of your dream, of who you say you are, you know, where you say you're going and that, Hey, you know, we've partnered on this for this reason, for me to hold you accountable for doing and being and saying and having the things that you said you wanted, right? Um, and as far as who that accountability partner is, I say it's someone who definitely, you know, cares for you to some respect, you know, they care about your well-being. They care that you're having healthy relationships. They care that your body is healthy. They care that your money is straight whatever it is, they want you to have, be, or do whatever it is you want, right? Secondly, it's got to be somebody with a little, right? So you, you, you can't have, you know, that friend who just is always, you know, agreeing with you or, or if you get upset or you cry or you yell, they, they, they kind of rear back. You've, you've got to pull that person who is unaffected <laughs> by your emotion, completely unaffected by your emotion. Now, I've, I've been, I've, I tend to love people like that. I've always loved people like that. Uh, I've had tons of, of friends I've had for a long time, women friends that I've had a long time because that's who we are to one another, because we love each other enough to, to correct and to nudge back in place when we're out of bounds, you know? We're like, look, I want the best for you. And even though right now you're infatuated with this crazy dude over here, we know that he's crazy. And so, you know, <laughs> no, so we're not agreeing with you. And no, he can't come with us. And don't bring <laughs> him to our house because he's not good for you. You can't <laughs> see it. Your pheromones and you know hormones are off the rail. But no, you know, and so and we've always been, I mean, from seventh grade, we're all, you know, mid-50s now. We've always been that way. We've had difficult conversations with each other, but they're always in love. I know all the time that they're doing this because they love me and because they want the best for me. And I do it for them because I love them and want the best for them. I think those are the perfect accountability partners if you are so lucky to have one. Yeah, yeah, that's so powerful. The ones that actually care about you. Well, that's not always easy to find, but there's definitely, there are definitely people out there that, that have those attributes. And when you can find them, they're the ones that you want to hang on to forever. Yes. I agree. yes. Yes, definitely. They're hard to find, most definitely. But yeah, you know, you know, I don't know. You just don't want a bunch of guest men around you. Yeah, does it feel good? Yeah, it feels good, but it's not the best for you. Yeah, it's actually yeah. not the best so, for you. The one that says, "Oh yeah, let's not work out. Let's go to Denny's." Right. <laughs> you know, like you're not helping you me. You want ice cream? I want ice cream. You know? <laughs> yeah. That would be my husband sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but, yeah, you know, it's so funny. Like, so yeah. 
So fear often holds us back from making changes that will really actually be good for us. Those tough decisions that we're talking about. How do you suggest someone prepares themselves before stepping into that change? We look at change so willy nilly, right? And I think we should. I think we should. You know, say the beginning of the year, everybody's making New Year's resolutions, right? I'm just going to do this. And these they're just these off the cuff kind of decisions that we make about making changes in our lives. I want to get married. You know, <laughs> I want a new job. I don't think we really uh, assess the situation. And I think the assessment is the first thing that needs to be done, isn't it? It's a kind of come to Jesus that you should sit down and have with yourself and really vet out you know, do you want the change? Why do you want the change? Are you ready for the change? Is the change good for you right now? Are you ready to do what's required to get the change? Now, how many people do you know that sit and go through those? And then, so the statistics say that out of the people who make New Year's resolutions, only 8% of them even follow through with them. And I know in coaching, at least my coaching, I feel that I help to, you know, tip that, tip those odds a little bit more. It's because they do the vetting, they do the vetting, you know, and sometimes when we're, we're discussing, okay, well, you want X, Y, and Z. And then we start to have this assessment, right? Sometimes they back up out of it. Sometimes they're like, eh, yeah, I don't know. Not right now or not at all. Or I wanted something similar, but that's not really what I want. Let me think about it again. And so I really, I'm really going to stick with the vetting. The vetting has to happen between any, before any change, it works out a lot better for people. Uh, is it also identifying that deeper conviction of why? Yeah. The why is part of it. I mean, the why is part of it. And the why could be anything though. I mean, I know asking people about their why is a big thing right now. Right. But <clears throat> I don't want to dismiss the frivolity of it also. You know, sometimes your why can be very superficial. Mm-hmm. Who cares? It's your why. Yeah. If, that, yeah. if that's the thing that's going to motivate you temporarily, because motivation is temporary, mm-hmm. work, go for it. Go for it. So your why, I don't think, always has to be this great big, um, uh, very deep, you know, yeah. uh, kind of why, because I want to save the world. Everything is not because I want to save the world. This isn't the, you know, pageant. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, <laughs> you know, just, just kind of, yeah, right. <laughs> I want to save the world. I would say there's different levels to the why, but yeah, kind of understanding why you're doing it. Why are you doing it? Why do you want it? I think if, when you start to get to the why, I think that that kind of squashes a lot of uh, potential changes that people want to make because they're kind of uh, frivolous and baseless and superficial, um, you know. If I, I just had a really uh, great conversation with some women yesterday and we were talking about relationships and marriage and then like really getting deep on all the whys people get married, you know? It's not always love. <laughs> it's not always partnership. Sometimes it's an economic decision. Sometimes I'm lonely. Sometimes I need somebody to make me feel better about myself or I just want to have babies or, you know, I want want Barbie on my arm when I go to my corporate events. And I don't think any of us would kind of look at those whys and say, those are very noble whys, but they're their whys. Yeah, that's true. It makes me think about uh, how I've motivated myself throughout different things that I've achieved, like uh, for fitness, for example, 
there's mm-hmm. no motivation. Like I love, I, I love, I would always love to eat junk food. Right. And <laughs> there's, it's hard to like motivate yourself not to eat the yummy food. Right. Like, <laughs> let's face it. What there's no motivation I, there. Right. Right. No, but, but no. you, you know, the, the idea is you want to be healthier, you want to be thinner or whatever it may be. And I knew that, uh, ways of that I could uh, work with myself, things that, that would motivate me. And one of those things is competition, right? If it's a fun competition. So, you know, I entered a competition and I was going to mm-hmm. win, like in turn, I didn't win, but I was determined in my but head. I'm gonna that win was this. That's the goal. Yeah. And it, you know, it might've been a superficial type of motivation to go after, oh, you're just going to beat everybody at fitness, but it, it motivated me and it worked, you know, That's right. you, and use, I, you use what you use, what you have to Yeah, you use I what think, you have to. There's a lot of, uh, and I, and I speak to this in the book, there's a lot of people, gurus, coaches, people out there right now and they're, and they're doing this whole, you know, motivation won't get you where you want to, you know, motivation is fleeting. Motivation can be fleeting. You might have to recalibrate that, you know, along the journey, depending how long the journey is. But I don't think that you have the right to tell people like what the motivation should be. Right. So I have a girlfriend. She's one of the editors of my book, actually. And she had some health issues come up. Right. And she really had to get with her her health regimen. I mean, seriously. And she took up running and she started doing, you know, 5Ks, 3Ks and things like that. Her motivation is that she loves the medals. She loves the medals. (laughs) She loves the medals. So she's able to stay healthy and keep, you know, active like she needs to because she's just motivated to get these medals, you know, wherever they are. And she travels all over the U.S. and she's been outside the U.S. just running. So she, you know, she gets her medal and somebody else would look at that and go, you're doing all this for a medal? Like, are you serious? Yeah, right. That's her thing. Yeah. Yours is the competition, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of people will put that down. They'll say, well, I don't compete with other people. I just compete with myself. And it's like, well, good for you. (laughs) Right. 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 No, but I have to have some, some level of competition because otherwise it's not fun, you know? And there's other people that enjoy, I'm like, it doesn't mean you have to be mean to other people. You know, if you lose, you can't, you know, you can be, you don't have to be a sore loser, but you know, I think just harnessing those things that motivate you, that create the motivation and inspire you because it, you know, if there's a contest and I can win a uh, vacation to Maui, I'm thinking Maui. The entire right. time, every time the I work out. Time. You've yeah. got the picture. I'm laying on the beach. Got yeah. a little Coca-Loco in my hand. You know? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, in whatever. shape for it, you know, on right. top of it. Right? right. Whatever, whatever you need to get you, get you there. You yeah. know, whatever you need to get you there, I say, go for it. You know, I'm not the motivation judge. It's like, if that's what it is, my husband loves food. He loves food <laughs> and he loves goodies. He's a sweet eater, right? Uh-huh. So he gets up at four in the morning and he's jogging all the time while I am laying there blissfully, you know, in my second sleep to run because he wants to be able to eat what he wants to eat. And I'm like, really? You know, but <laughs> gets them up at four every morning. Yeah. We all have our payoffs, right? We do. You, you just do. have to choose what it is. We do. In your coaching, uh, what are some of your client success stories? Oh my goodness. Well, in the book, I think you're going to be able to read one, two, three of them. So I'll tell you some different ones that are not in the book. I had one, and they're all women. I'll talk about some of the guys. So um, 
I had a fella come to me for coaching. He was a chief technology officer of a big AI firm and nice position. We've known each other for some time. And so I've been able to see his trajectory through his career. And you would think, you know, pie in the sky, that's the cherry on the Sunday, right? You, you're in the C-suite, which everyone says they aspire to. So we were kind of doing some leadership coaching and coaching with him on ways to interact with his staff. He had never really had staff like that to, you know, to this degree and in this capacity. And so we wanted to make sure that he's all, you know, ready so he can do a superb job in this position. And with that, so I'll say this, when I, I, I'm a very holistic coach. So even though you might come to me for career things, we're going to talk about your money, relationships, your health, you know, your spirituality all these things, because they're all interconnected and one affects the other, whether you believe it or not. You know, sometimes people will come and say, Hey, I hate this job. I'm out of here. I want to get out of this job. And then we start to talk. And then it's like, you find out they're having problems in their marriage. And that's really the root of it because the marriage is so awful right now. Everything's off. Yeah. You know? And so then we can go, well, let's talk about what's really wrong. You know, what's really going on the marriage. And, and when, the, and when, you know, that starts to get a little better and under control, then look, then look at the career thing. Like, do you still want to leave the job? Was it still the job? If it was, then okay, let's, let's talk about, a, you know, new career. But if it isn't, then don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so anyway, he comes to me for the career stuff. We're dealing with everything. We're starting to create a life vision for him, which I am very big on. I, you, you got to know where you're going. You got to have some... North Star up here of, of where you're headed. And then you can backfill, right? The rest of your life and create a strategy to get from here to here. Long story short, it comes out like as we're going along coaching that he really doesn't like managing a whole bunch of people. He is a, a, a very intellectual type of person, like Elon Musk kind of intellectual individual. And he kind of likes being by himself or with a couple of people. He doesn't want to be managing other people's work. He likes collaborating. But, you know, there were some parts about being a C-suite executive that just didn't seem to fit him right. Now, I think he is quite capable of being that. But, it, but he really had to kind of look at things, you know. It didn't permit him to have the kind of lifestyle that he wanted, you know, the type of freedom that he wanted. And so it was like, uh-huh. So what we thought we were building up actually came to him going, that's not what I want. Mm. And he stepped down. <laughs> he stepped down uh, to actually do the work because he really likes to do the work. It's the work that he loves, you know, not the title, not the, oh, I've got a staff of a hundred. That's not his thing. It's the work that he loves. It was so crazy. People were like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, but he was so happy. He was so happy. Now, I've recently found out that he ended up back in the C-suite in another company, but a position that's better aligned with who he is, still in a C-suite. So now he gets both of them. Now he gets, he, he has the C-suite job, but something that's more aligned with him and the type of life that he wants to live, because now he's aware of the type of life he wants to live. He's aware of how this position fits into my grander life vision, not this is the vision, you know, it fits into everything. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of him. I'm, I'm very proud of him. That's one person. And I guess another person is a, is a non-traditional client, uh, but I want to bring this up because people kind of poo-poo it off. And I'm going to say my husband. And people generally go, 
well, of course your husband will say you're great, or of course your kids will say you're great. Well, I don't know about everybody else's, but I told you what kind of people I keep around me, right? So this is a hard, <laughs> this is a hard audience over here. When I met my husband, he was going through a really difficult divorce, trying to navigate being a single parent uh, because he had custody of his daughters. Money was shot out. I mean, just everything. He was, he was a complete diamond in the rough, you know, kind of got, but the most beautiful soul I have ever met in my complete life. And with us coming together, you know, you just, if you're around me, you're naturally going to get coached. It just, it's who I am. It's part of just who I am. So I can't, you know, kind of separate that from, from different things. You call and like, this is going on. And I'm like, okay, let's sit down and talk about it. You know? So, so my children and my husband naturally are coached, you know, and he was not a willing coachee at first. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like, he was bucking the system, you know, and, and he uh, was like, that's, you know, that's a, like woo woo stuff. And I'm like, no, no, you know, no, it worked. So even the kids are like, it really isn't. We were there too. Just listen to mommy, you know, it's just, she, she really wants to help you. And so, yeah, it, it was, it was very difficult until he finally saw what, how it was affecting other people's lives. He was watching my clients and he's, you know, Three months in, six months in, these people had new lives. They had done complete life transformations. And so the guard came down and, you know, in our own way as a husband and wife, kind of coached him, coached him along. And he just, I mean, did another complete life transformation where he is really a a side of his inner man, which has always been just solid to the core, turned his whole life around. He was working a crummy job that he hated. He ended up getting the job of his life that is so perfect for him as if somebody wrote the description for him. Loves work. You know, after this four o'clock run, he's running off to work because he absolutely adores it. His finances improved. He said his finances now are better than they ever were in his whole life. Now, we didn't meet until he was like 46 and I was 48. He said, never. You know, we vacation. He we have a very loving, good partnership with one another. Neither one of us have ever been uh, in this type of relationship, you know? And so all these good things, complete different life, completely. Now he's one of my best cheerleaders. He's one of my best. He's, he's off over there in his, his own platform, you know, rah, rah, go see her. Really, it's no joke, you know? But just, you know, we, we both are the type of people that if you had looked at our backgrounds, our backgrounds and maybe the statistics that go along with them would tell you that we should be different people, that yeah. we should be living yeah. different lives. Like, how did they, how did they get there? Like, how did they get there? Coaching, coaching. And I'm not the only good coaches, tons of great coaches out there that can really help you make a difference. And so those are, those are, those are my two favorite guys. And then I got three favorite girls that are in the book and you can read their stories. One thing I ask all my clients at the end of their uh, coaching time with me is that if they are satisfied with what we've done and, and, and how things worked out, so please write their own case study. And so, so far they all do. And, and I get to, and they allow me to share those with the public and with other people. And, and I love that people can kind of see from somebody else's perspective, like, how they felt about coaching in particular, not so much me, but coaching in particular and how it, 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 it can just help you do miraculous things. Reading and coaching have gotten yeah. a format as well. I agree. 
I agree. I'm an avid reader too. I'm, I'm like the perpetual researcher. You know, <laughs> we could be best friends. <laughs> Passive books Absolutely. back and forth, right? That's it, girl. Love it. <laughs> so, what's your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey? Do you think? Understanding, knowing, and believing that I am the captain of my ship and I can turn the ship any direction that I want to. One of my favorite uh, poems is Invictus. In Invictus, he talks about being, you know, the master of my soul and the mm-hmm. captain of my ship. That just hit me at the soul. I think I, I, th- I think I first heard it, you know, in the movie Invictus. And, it, and I was doing something else in the house and I heard him reciting this and it stopped me in my tracks. It was one of those things that stopped me in my tracks and I really listened to it. And I was like, that's it. I am. I am. I decide where my boat goes. I decide if we're going to fly the flags today or not. It's all me. You know, I've been given this wonderful opportunity to create whatever life it is that I want. And that was such a truth that just hit me in my core. Man, I, I wear it daily. I wear it daily. Being an entrepreneur, really, you do have that power to be able to choose even more than being in a nine to five, I think you, you just yes. have the freedom to choose what life you're going to live. I yes. love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I think that's one of the, I think that's why a lot of people may, you know, one of the big reasons why a lot of people uh, decide to become entrepreneurs is mm-hmm. just being able to guide their ship, how they see best. You know, there's, there's no board for me to, you know, have to go through or other hoops to jump through to prove that this is a good idea I get to try it yeah and, and likewise if it, and likewise when it works I get the kudos for it and when it doesn't work I have to take responsibility for that too but I like that I like that yeah definitely so if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started in your journey what would it be trust the process trust the process there's so many times where you're like you know what is going on what, you know, you're figuring you need to be like 50 steps ahead or something happens and you really don't get it, but trust the process. I really believe, I personally believe in God, source, universe, whatever you want to call that is out there as a partner helping you through this journey. And it seems, it seems in my 56 years of experience that they always seem to be a few more steps ahead of me. They kind of know what's going on. Like they're preparing this road and when I am not fighting the process, when I'm just like, okay, here's, here's the keys. You drive the car. I don't know, you know, okay. This, this woman calls me out of the blue, you know, about a podcast. I go with it. I, I have that wisdom now and that experience now to go. This is part of the process. Something bigger that I don't even know about yet is, is ahead of me. And this is part of the process to get there. Trust it trust it. And if not for me, for someone else, for someone else, someone else might be listening to this podcast and something you and I have said hits them like Invictus hit me, stop them in their tracks. It makes them totally pivot and do something different. And who knows who they'll be, who knows what they'll do. I absolutely agree. I I think I believe in God too. And I definitely get led by my dreams that I feel that are from God. Well, when I first started doing business coaching and I was doing YouTube stuff, I remember at one point saying, God, I just need you to speak to me and let me know that this is the right 
that I'm doing the right thing. I should, I, this is the path that I should be going on. And I always right. felt like he was telling me, I want you to help people succeed, get in, help launch leaders into their purpose and their calling and help them make money. That's what yeah. I really felt. And, and that I was supposed to do, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and I fought it for many years. Yeah, but yeah. I, I remember that when I was doing these YouTube videos and I'm like, oh, I keep doing these marketing videos. Should I keep doing them? And I remember watching this random YouTuber that had millions of people following her. She never talked about God at all. She just did like mm -hmm. house uh, decorations and I'd watch her do all that in grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to see what she was buying on her grocery <laughs> list. <laughs> and she gets on YouTube one day and she goes, I believe the Holy Spirit can speak through me. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking to somebody right now. And you're asking if you should keep doing what you're doing and you, that you need to keep doing okay. what you're doing. You're about to okay. succeed. I love it. And it's all those little things, all of those little things where you're, you're kind of like, did I eat pizza last night? But no, that was really like a message. Right. Right. You know? Right. And, oh, it's very real. It's very real. I mean, I make it very plain in my book. I'm a God girl. It's like, so don't be, you know, this, that, that, that is, that is my, what sustains me. That is who, you know, I believe in and have a relationship with, oh my God. Yes. All very much led by the Holy spirit. Very, you know, even my, even the reason that I am in North Carolina was very much divine intervention and the spiritual journey was not my decision. It was a decision I was following. I think when you tune into that God in you, you know, the Holy spirit in you, and that you really kind of listen and that you're willing to follow and to, or to let it happen or whatever. And there's, 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 there's such incredible journeys, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, journeys. yeah, that's the reason why I ended up in Texas too. I, I had a dream of God speaking to me and saying, move to Plano, Texas. I want to bless you. And you're so, like Plano. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I packed up everything and moved within a week. Yeah. Yeah. That was and yeah, one month. And it's, it's easier. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't things to work out and it doesn't mean there right. aren't problems and doesn't mean right. that there's not resistance and it doesn't mean that life, it doesn't get difficult, but you at least know right. you're in the right direction. Right, right, right. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I also say like, I wish more people in business would, who are believers would talk about those beliefs, you know, and how they have affected them or how they affect their decision making about stuff when they you know there I did the same thing with you there are times when I'm rolling 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 with my own ideas about the business or how I should grow it or whatever and then there are times I wake up and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing you know and and God comes right in like thank you that's what I've been waiting for you to say yeah. you know, sit down I'll, I'll let you know and it'll be a phone call out of the blue it'll be a text out of the blue it'll be it'll be just some some wild things and I love when that happens I'm like yes for one, it just builds my faith in God. Like, yes, there is a God and he hears you and he answers your questions, you know, and, yeah. and he's looking out for you. He's, they said, he's conspiring for the best for you, like all the time, you know? And yeah. so whether my clients are aware of it or not, it's like, you know, I'm your coach, but there's another one back here who's working with me to help you. Yeah, exactly. I don't do this on my own. Yeah, so true. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So Yvonne, if people are listening and they would love to work with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And um, also what's the best way to get a copy of your book? 
you know, well, those are, that's a two for one place. Okay. <laughs> the best way to get a hold of me is visit me um, on my website. And that is yvonvictor.com. Easy peasy. Uh, on the website, you'll see a pop-up that'll let you know about the book. You could, you can either, uh, follow the pop-up. You can follow me on Facebook at Yvonne Victor Life Coach. There's something about the book there. I'm on IG as Yvonne Victor Life Coach. And then I think you have the link also. Thank you so Um, much for coming on today and sharing your journey with us. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's been fun. I could talk forever with you. Yeah, it's been great. And I will put all the links down below as well so people can get those. And if you're listening, thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. If you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful day.